it is Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. This is Blue Jays Talk. I imagine the calls, Kevin Barker, the tone might be a little different than <laughs> we thought they might be in the in the first inning. The numbers to call, 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Look, it's game one of 162. The Jays have won 10-8. It's a historic comeback. Lots to talk about. We want you to take part in it, but we also want, whether you're at the ballpark, you're driving home, or you watch the game at home, just a sense from you about the occasion. We can talk a lot. You can ask us all the questions you want about Jose Barrios and Teoscar Hernandez and whatever your heart's desire, but we also want to get a sense of what it was like for you if you were at the ballpark. Mr. Barker? Um, I don't. I mean, we could start with, we could start with the the comeback. We could start with what happened to Jose Barrios. Now let's. How about we start with something good? Let's start with. Let's start with something good. Um, two outs, a four-run rally in the fifth inning. Two-out walk, three opposite field hits, including a Teoscar Hernandez home run. Um. Walk me through that rally. Yeah, well, you, you, further to your point, uh, the Blue Jays tonight had six two-out RBIs. You know, one through four in the order scored eight runs. We we talk, we can talk about the entire lineup, but, you know, I, I think if this team's going to go where they ultimately want to go, it's one through four. And to, and to have them scoring eight runs and, you know, you, you had George Springer had a big two-out walk. You had Danny Jansen, who had a big two-out walk. You had Teoscar Hernandez, who had a big two-out walk in the eighth inning, and they all came around to score. So it was a collection of, you know, after the, the first time through seeing John Gray, you know, that, that running fastball in at 95-96 and then that little new slider that he had that had horizontal movement instead of that vertical movement, you know, they were having trouble there. Whether that's nerves, whether that's, you know, it's, it's opening day. There's there's all these fans in the stands. You want to do well. Maybe that was a, a little bit of it. Just seemed like second time through, they were said enough's enough. And you had the big boys coming up, and like George Springer walked there the, the second time through. And then, you like you mentioned, it started happening the other way. They were letting the ball travel. And, you know, they weren't chasing as much as they were the first time through. So, you, know, you can understand why everybody's so pumped up about this lineup, the way they just attack and attack and attack. And if you get the bottom of the order doing exactly what they were do, doing tonight, Danny Jansen, I mean, what can you say about him? John Gray's first 38 pitches were either sliders or fastballs to this right-hand heavy lineup. Obviously, as you said, that it looked like the Jays, it looked like they had a difficult time picking him up from the lineup. Once they got him in the stretch, yeah. second time through, got him in the stretch, the results seemed to be obviously they were better but he looked like a different john gray than we were seeing as he was just sort of hot knifing his way through the jays yeah yeah i think again it was one of those things it could have been a bunch of things it could have been guys trying too hard it could have been it's opening day it could have been the guys nasty like first time through Mm -hmm. you know it's it's tough you gotta you gotta see what you're facing and a good he had a good run on his heater like it's 95 96 he's a big guy it's coming out you know three-quarter angle it looked like it was hard to pick up further to your point out of the wind up they got him out of the stretch looked like they were seeing the ball a little bit better but again it's you got these this good hitters that seeing a guy the second time through, you, you you would think they were making some adjustments, and it just seemed like they they took a exhale, they walked up and said, let's stay within ourselves, you know, let the ball travel a little bit more, use the entire field, don't try and do too much, and 
You see the results. Man, it was such a great show tonight. You know, we had a crowd of 45,022. Most of them stayed around. Congratulations to those of you who did stay around. Most of you stayed around to see the comeback. But we had everything. We had the pregame ceremony. We saw the new light show that we're going to get at the ballpark this year as, as a result of the new lighting that's put, been put in here. That was remarkable. It really created a sense of energy. And we got to hear umpires dealing with video reviews and announcing the results of the crowd. This is something that we've talked about. This has been a long time coming. I think it just kind of humanizes the umpires. Sure does. It adds to the excitement, especially the reaction of the crowd tonight yeah. when that play at the Tell plate Oscar. was 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 overturned. And, and and think about that inning. Bo gets picked off first base on a play that is reviewed, yeah. overturned. A couple of pitches later, Teoscar's on base. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. doubles. Teoscar comes home. Another review. I mean, it was drama. It was a win. This is... You know, I was on, on, on Twitter. Jeff Passan, our friend, said, man, the, he just tweeting out. He's not here. He's tweeting <laughs> out. Man, the Blue Jays are going to be fun this year. Bob Nightingale. Man, the Blue Jays are going to be fun this year. Yeah, we, well, we talked about the bottom of the order. You asked me what, what three things I'd be looking for, and, and you know, there's there's many things, but I said the bottom of the order is, is a big deal. And when you start getting guys on base and having better at bats, and Danny Jansen and Santiago Espinal came in and had a big hit, and you could tell he's having better at bats, squaring baseballs up. So, yeah, again, you, you don't want to make this a habit trying to come back from seven, seven runs down. But Oh, I don't know if they're going to win doing it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, maybe. Charlie I mean, and Pete Walker isn't, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, you see Charlie over there. That, I saw that Charlie and ninth, over there, yeah. <laughs> in the eighth and ninth inning, he, he's like, man, I just hurry up and get this thing over with. All I was thinking about in, in the first inning was our interview with Charlie Montoya before the game when I asked him, are you going to talk to the guys before the game? And he said, no, we've already had our talk in spring training, yeah. and I stressed to them the importance of pitching and defense, pitching and defense, pitching and defense. Yeah, I know he's talking. Yeah, that, in that first inning, of course, Jose Barrios, he can't get out of the inning. Uh, I mean, everything that goes wrong can possibly go on. Matt Chapman, who's going to be the best defensive third baseman the Blue Jays have ever had, double clutches on a ball. We yeah. had another double play that was blowing when, when uh, Kevin, Kevin Biggio. Biggio drops the ball. Mm -hmm. And then Trent Thornton comes in and fires. I mean, I'm just looking at this thing, and this is reminding me of 2013. R.A. Dickey pitching the home opener. Jays lose 4-1 to Cleveland. R.A. Dickey a wild pitch. <laughs> J. Pierre and Sebia, three freaking passed balls. It was like the – it was a buzzkill. The year went out of the balloon right away. The Jays finished fifth that year. Here we are. They've won 10-8. Yeah, again, it's – it's you know, it might come down to the lineup's going to take them where they want to go. That, that may be what this – you know, this is this going to the outcome of the season is going to be determined on what the lineup does. Now, obviously, Barrios is not going to look like this every single time he pitches. But you know, it's it's a it's a head scratcher on on was he nervous? Okay, I wanted to ask you about that because we don't like making excuses. No, for players, especially guys who just signed big seven-year sure. contracts. But but I'm just putting this out there for people. It is the home opener. Different atmosphere. You got the long ceremony, all that stuff. But you saw something from Jose Barrios. You pointed it out to me right away about the velocity on his curveball. 
that you think is evidence that he was just simply way too amped up. Yeah, well, well you just, tonight it was 86-87. Normally it's in that 82-83-84 range. He tends to be able to control a little bit more. He's got two different ones. Like we mentioned, you know, he can steal a strike and get back and counts. He can eliminate a hitter just by – because he can make it look like a strike, the change of speeds between the fastball and and the breaking ball, I, I me personally, I'm not going to give him a break. I, I don't think it's nerves. I, I just think it was, for whatever reason, mechanically, tough man. He, tough he was man. In, he You're was in tough. a hurry. Well, look, it's he's he's been around too long to be nervous. Like he's been there and done it before. Like, is the lights too bright for him on opening night in Toronto? When your when your team's expected to go to the World Series, I see. I don't think so. I I just think it's one of those nights that you know you. You try and forget it as quick as you can, which is going to be hard. Like it's, you know, that's that's a little beyond a stinker. That's that's one of those where you're going home and, you know, it's taking you three or four days to uh, really. I, did I do that? Am I still doing that? And I'm sure, you know, he's going to bounce back and then the next start will be a little bit better. It just it seemed to me like he was in a hurry with his mechanics. And when he's in a hurry with his mechanics, the release point on the spinner is not real good. And you saw the results. You can't throw strikes. You fall behind. You walk people. You hit people. And it's. A bad outcome. We'll get to see Kevin Gossman pitch tomorrow at 3.07 first pitch from the Rogers Center. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Calls are back on Blue Jays Talk. Sean from Caledon, you are at the game tonight. Give me your give me your takeaways from this game, the atmosphere, what you like, maybe what concerned you. And I'm going to start out by giving you kudos for hanging in for the whole game because I know some folks left. Yeah, well, that that pregame was uh, was awesome. Like everybody was amped up. Uh, the crowd was right into that. And may, maybe it was too long though, because maybe Barrios uh, couldn't wait it out. Maybe he got warmed up too quick. I don't know. But uh, a lot of a lot of good pitchers uh, get hit hard and or, or, or can't get off the uh, first inning. Uh, Garrett Cole uh, looked bad mm-hmm. today and almost didn't get out of the first inning. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, you just got to get on them early. But uh, when they got down early, I, I don't think anybody thought uh, they were going to come back. Everybody around me was saying, uh, oh, 161 more to go, which I, I hate to hear because we've had a lot of uh, stinker home openers in the, in, the, in the past few years, and we've had a lot of bad April starts. So I really wanted to uh, get, a, get, get a win under our belt. And the, the comeback was, was amazing, like, like the crowd that – I, I, I would say most of the fans did stay there, and uh, yes, they the did. Crowd was, the crowd was so into it when they came back, and when Tosker Tos hit that home run, it was amazing. Like, you, you almost thought the roof was going to blow off. And uh, I, I, I know the pitching is going to be better uh, the rest of the year. Barrios will be better. Gossman will be good. And uh, that offense is amazing. And uh, the fact that uh, they came back from uh, that early deficit uh, shows that uh, we're going to be in almost every game. Sean, do we not give – I'm not going to say we don't give Teoscar Hernandez credit because I think we do give him credit in this city. But, look, when when we talk about contracts and multi-year contracts with this team, it's always about Bo, it's always about Vladdy. Is it time that Teoscar gets paid? I'd say so. I'd say pay him now. <laughs> yeah, he he's. I mean, that is one, Kevin. That that's and thanks for the call, Sean. Kevin, that's yeah. one of the stories. You know, one of the things we talked about. And in, in addition to Bo and Vladdy, at, at, at some point, uh, at some point, Teoscar 
And at some point, you're going to have to deal with Teoscar. Yeah, look, I, again, we, we have no idea what the finances are and how much they're willing to spend, but you would have to think the Bo and Vladdy saga of when the contracts are due and how much they're going to demand. Can you can you afford Teoscar Hernandez? You would think if he continues to have the years he's having nothing to look. If he's sitting clean up, he's on his way home after the game tonight going, I'm going to have chance after chance after chance to go back Lake City and drive in a ton of runs and make a ton of money. If it's not in Toronto, it's going to be somewhere. Somebody's going to want to pay him. I just it'll be interesting to see if they can pay all of them because there's going to be a, a ton of them to pay. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety Tobias in Waterloo. You want to talk about? I'm sorry, Michael in Toronto. You uh, want to talk about Ross Stripling? Well, I'm just. Uh, I mean, first of all, it was a great game. It was. It was so much fun to be there. Uh, the new lights are awesome, um, and so great win. And I'm very happy. And you know, I'm. Obviously, I wasn't going to leave after four innings, but there was certainly like this this feeling that people were. Uh, with the stripling, he came in and pitched. Uh, he threw eight pitches and pitched a beautiful inning, and then he was gone. And I'm just wondering if, if you know what you think that might have been about. Um, maybe a spot well, starts doing. Maybe if somebody goes down early tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, I mean, look, Rod, we we've talked about this. They've gone to a six man rotation. They got they got a lot of they got like twenty ten ten games before. What do they have? What is it, Bart? Twenty games in a row? Yeah, I, well, like I, I don't think they decided but, on the six man rotation just quite yet. But no, they're going to do that sometime here soon. And Ross Stripling is going to be that guy. So I think yeah. that was just a matter of let's you know get an inning under his belt, and then you know, and you're right, it was it was a terrific inning. It kind of helped right the ship, and then you just. You, you, you sit him down because chances are you're going into Yankee Stadium. Yes, you have an off day, but you're going into Yankee Stadium. Kikuchi's pitching the game at Yankee Stadium. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. So I think Charlie felt at that point, and Pete felt at that point, okay, we kind of righted the ship a bit, and, and let's turn it over to, you know, to, to, to the rest of the bullpen. And, I mean, we're going to see that this year because it has been such an odd, compressed spring training. Uh, it, we're we're gonna see some yeah like yeah that. I think I think too they don't really know what they're gonna get out of Ryu uh, like they don't know how many pitches they don't know what it's gonna look like to have a guy like Ross Stripling who is stretched out and I liked his breaking ball tonight I, I don't know about yeah. you but last year he, he forced the break on the breaking ball tonight it just looked like it was it easy natural flow. It, it sure really did natural. it was coming out 72 73 miles an hour it was a get me over it was had big break on it it was 12 six just looked like he threw it with purpose like there was. Some conviction behind it where it was, you know, I've worked on this so much in the offseason. I've worked this on the backfields because we didn't see him in any, you know, real games. We saw him in AAA. We saw him in live BPs, those kind of things. And I just think the breaking ball for me is a, a plus. I will say this. Ross Stripling is one of those guys that you got to be careful how much you use them. Now, I understand the score and you're trying to make a comeback and those things. But, you know, you don't want to rock the boat too much. You are trying to give yourself a chance to win. And, and I'm with you. He's really good. Like that's a, that's a good start for him. That's a, that give him some confidence. He's in the bullpen. He probably didn't expect to throw tonight, right? Mm-hmm. So you know he had to amp it up, get ready with the mindset kind of thing. And yeah, he's he's got to have a lot of confidence. You Blue Jays fan, you got to have a little confidence in that too. Hey, Tobias from Waterloo, we'll uh, get you on now. Thanks for holding. No worries. What a great win, great day. So happy we have baseball back. So I just wanted to talk about Danny Jansen. So like first two innings, obviously Rangers score those six runs and. The Blue Jays go down one, two, three, both innings. It was just great having that Danny Jansen single to give a spark of life and then obviously the home run to put the cherry on top. So when him and, like, Espinal with that clutch double, two to put them ahead can perform, it just, like, proves the depth of this lineup because when they turn it over to the big boys, like, there's not many pitchers who can stop them. So if they can continue to produce, like, on a basis like this, it'll be a great year for us. 
Yeah, yeah look, a, look. It, go ahead, Kevin. That's a, well, that's a great point. You know, we, We've been yelling and screaming at that. If they can get a little of something on base percentage. You know, Danny Jansen's going to run in some things. He talked to us the last time he was on our show. He's standing a little taller. You can tell he's using his legs a little bit more. He has more leverage. You know, the the – the weight distributed between them, you know, he's like a tree trunk, right? The tree, and then you got the trunk, the 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 legs, and he's every everything's being used in the middle of his body, which is kind of nice to see. I I just for me anyway, I think he's stopped worrying about Ryu so much. Hmm. The, the, the time he got injured, he went down. He had a chance to work on himself, like work on his swing and just try and get his mind right. And That's I th- a me time. Absolutely. Jamie. Every once in a while, you got to worry about yourself, right? Yep. Ryu's already been taken care of, so I think that helped him a lot and. I'm with you. You know, if they, if they can get a little bit of production down there, man, scary. Yeah, it, the, look, the bottom, we've talked about this. All you want the bottom of the order to do is turn things over to the big boys up top. Danny Jansen. Dan, Danny Jansen, I think he, he's told us as well. He told us last year, look, I, I'm not saying that he is Mike Zanino, but I think he's he's looked around, looked at this team and said, if I give him good defense, and he does, if I give him good pitch framing, if I handle the pitching well, I just got to run into one. So what if I got to hit some? Well, what runs. if what if with two strikes he can shorten up and shorten hit a fourteen hundred? But that's not. Right but honestly, that's not Danny. You're not going to see a lot of those from Danny. You're not going to see a lot of those bounce singles from I, Danny this year. You're I, gonna, I want, I, frankly, I want him thinking. I cold. like. It I that, want him thinking home. Run. I like it that in in and it bad he can make an adjustment. And that's exactly what he did. He knew what a guy was trying to do to him. You shorten up. You take what the pitcher gives you. Start a little rally, and all of a sudden, everybody's talking about Danny Jansen. Fun thing about that rally as well, and we talked about the the hits to the opposite field, but what I also liked is Bichette and Guerrero, neither one of them tried to tried to hit a nine-run homer or tried to hit yeah. a five-run homer to tie the game. Yeah. They didn't. They just very, very fluid, very it's, easy stroke. It, it's, that pitch Vladdy hit, that slider is like up about here. Yeah, well, he's got a plan when he goes up there. He's not trying to do too much. It's like you said, you know, when you're down, you got young guys going up there. You want to do something big. You want to hit the big three or th- uh, grand slam. You know, you may you may try and do too much. But, yeah, it's 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 something else when you got a guy like Bo who chases his first pitch and he can go up and shorten up and just take what the pitcher gives you. Again, it's – I, I don't know if we're going to continue to see this all the time, the at-bats. You know, the first time through, they look what, the way they looked, and then the second time, they look like the greatest lineup on, on planet Earth. Can they continue to do that? I mean, if they can, it's whew, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. going to be a lot of long games. Those games at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> oh, my good God. Those games at Yankee Stadium are going to be six and a half hours. Well, if you win, it's okay. Hope Rob Manfred's not watching any of those games. He'll be changing rules. He'll be changing rules halfway through the game. That's it. Two strikes. That's all it is. 416-870-0590, star 590, one Calls are back. Take advantage of it, folks. It's Jeff Blair. It's Kevin Barker. This is Blue Jays Talk post game, served up by the always game-ready Jack Leaks, Mink, Jack's Links, Oh boy. Jack Link's meat snacks. God, feed your wild side, baseball fans. It's your first time. It is. You nailed it. <laughs> the pitch. Jansen slugs it. Deep left field, and you can forget it. Danny Jansen points off into the heavens. As he delivers a solo home run here in the eighth inning. His first of the year is a no-doubter. 
Tonight was the fifth time in Blue Jays' history that they've come back from a seven-run deficit to win at the Rogers Center. It's also the third largest opening day comeback in MLB history, dating back to 1901, or roughly a year, no, roughly three years after I was born. It is Blair and Barker. This is Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, the Blue Jays radio network, the Jays 10-8 winners over the Texas Rangers. They'll do it again tomorrow afternoon at 3.07 first pitch. Kevin Gossman on the mound for the Blue Jays. The numbers to call in are 416-870-0590, star 591 590 You want to talk about the pitching, you want to talk about the atmosphere, whatever you want to talk about, Kevin Barker and myself are here till the top of the hour. Keith in Toronto. What's up, Keith? Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, it's going well. Better than it was yeah, in the first it's... inning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no. So, uh, me and my girlfriend, we were there today. Uh, the atmosphere was absolutely amazing. And, uh, I mean, even when we went down, I think enough people in that crowd know that our lineup can uh, can turn it around pretty quick. Uh, I just wanted to say... Uh, or actually, I just wanted to ask what you guys thought about taking Biggio out real early and putting Espinal in. I mean, it ended up paying off, right? So I uh, just wanted to know what you get your thoughts on that. And I think the young guys had a great approach at the plate. So Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Keith. I, I think it's, uh, for me anyway, I think when they're down, you're going to see this a ton. You're, you're going to see mix and matching by Charlie Montoyo, uh, especially when a lefty comes in, Captain Biggio's up. Are coming up, you're going to see him go to his bench. Santiago Espin, I don't know about you, Jeff, is giving some quality at bats. He's hitting the ball yeah. hard. Now, does this have anything to do with he's gaining some weight? He's stronger. His lower half's not going to hurt. You know, you, you sit over there long enough, you start to get tight. You, you need you need some strength in that lower half. And I just think it's it looks fluid. Like it looks like he's got an he's got a chance to get a hit every time he goes up, or at least make solid contact. And again, we've talked about this at the bottom of the order. We're not trying to ask you to reinvent the wheel here. Get on base for the big boys, and if you can do that enough times, you know, I, th- I th- for me anyway, I think Charlie's trying to see a little competition there. Like like he's trying to push Kevin. Kevin's right. going to have to you know start having some better at bats, start doing some things. To well, play. he's going to have to. He can't. He can't. He can't make mistakes like he made in the field. He cannot in the game. He can't. I mean, it, it's. I think the whole second base situation. Look, this 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 team has addressed so many issues this off season. At some point, I think most of us seem to, seem to be on the same page, and that they will they'll do something to the bullpen at some point. Maybe get in somebody with a little more swing and miss stuff. Uh, that I would think is yeah. something you do at the trade deadline. I think as long as you as long as you're getting defense out of Biggio and Espinal and getting games like this where they one of the two of them combines to do quote unquote something offensively they're going to be okay but I, but I will tell you right now listen I I knew when I came in here I knew when I came in here we were going to have somebody talk to us about Biggio and Espinal because everything else is basically set in this team yeah and all Blue Jays fans have heard throughout the offseason was second base is an issue second base is an issue Marcus Samian we saw him tonight get the, the get the silver slugger award. Yeah, uh, he was the second baseman here last year. Turned it into an offensive position. Every Blue Jays fan knows that the one area in this team where there will be a drop off from yeah. last year is second base. See, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. I think it's a competition. I think you got two guys wanting to play. It's not an and issue when you're the best you what, is play. It's not an issue when you're winning ten eight. Absolutely not. But if this if this had finished. I don't know, 8-2 or 8-1. Yeah, or but it, is that Kevin Biggio's fault? No, Absolutely pe- not. No, but people tend to look 
for the negatives in that situation. Sure. And everything Kevin Biggio does, and to a certain degree, everything Santiago Espinal does, is going to be viewed through the light of they are the weak link on this otherwise very potent lineup. So the spotlight is going to be on them. People are going to be looking for excuses to say Kevin Biggio's got to spend more time in the bench. Look, I don't know. At, at some point, at some point, I think... If you're asking me who do I think is the better player, I think it's probably Santiago Espinal. But I, I, you, this, you know, you got this, the, again. This, you got is, the lefty. If that lefty bat can draw yeah. walks, that is a that is a component first time through. Needs. Just look what John Gray did until Kevin Biggio came up. We, we, we saw, talked about it. Yeah, we saw thirty-eight sliders and fastballs. Absolutely, he was the first changeup he threw to a left-handed hitter because he had to. He had to mix it up because the sinker slider thing's not going to work against the lefty. You have to do something different. That's what Charlie's sitting over there going, "Man, just have some better at bats." And I'm sure, again, I I just think we need to take a step back a little bit and let this play out. Let the players determine on who's playing the most, or if you're even in the big leagues. I, me personally, I don't think Kevin can sit over there two or three days and come off and be a competitive player at the big league level. I think he has to consistently play, and if he's not living up to it, then I think you have to make some adjustments. But it's a little too early to be jumping the gun on what you're going to do at second base just yet. A, a quick reminder, by the way, this baseball season, listen for the standings update presented by our friends at Bet365. They are the world's favorite sports book. 416 870 star 590 one 590 Jeff and Aurora, you're on with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Good, thanks. Doing well. So much to talk about, and a uh, couple of points, actually, everyone had uh, already spoken for me. <laughs> I think that just shows we're all on the same page here. Um, uh, to, to the infield thing, I think there's value here. Like even before Mike, Marcus Semyon came in, I don't, I don't remember anyone, you know, hearing for you know Kevin Biggio to be replaced at second base. Mm-hmm. And also, too, you've got Espinal uh, as a uh, as an insurance first, like in in the infield. You know, I would say anything minus like minus first base. You know, if you need him for a shortstop or for for third, if anything happens. Um, one thing that I was little confused about i don't know if it's just the shift if it's nothing new but just listening to the radio tonight ben had mentioned that um there were kind of gaps like there were like there was what was it chapman in center left and guriel was kind of all by himself and then a lot of guys were kind of in the right i think at one point we saw like it was was a guerrero make a catch like close to right like is this is this I don't know, confusing to infielders, or is this something that's just no. instinctual? Like, is this, yeah, is it, is it just, is it more, it's, is it reality, more simple it's, than it sounds? Right? Yeah, I think so. It's the reality of the game now. It's not going to be next year because there'll probably be some some restrictions placed on the shift. Yeah. But it's the reality of the game now. But you notice something tonight that was, something Dallas Braden pointed out to us about Matt Chapman. There are going to be a lot of times where Matt Chapman's going to be, straight he's going to be playing straight up shortstop. Yeah. And there's going to be nobody else on that side of the bag. Because he covers so much ground. You know, Bo Bichette, they shifted Bo Bichette today. Bo Bichette was playing between second base and first base. Yeah. We didn't see that last no, year. No, and, and Kevin Biggio was like, I don't know, 15 steps in the outfield towards the right fielder. Yeah. So, again, I, I think it looks more weird to a fan than it does actually, you know, causing havoc to an infielder. I, I just think they're so used to it now because they've game planned for it. You know, it, again, we, we talked about this on our show today that we saw – 
Bo Bichette taking ground balls mm-hmm. at second base today. And, and I was like, what, what's going on here? Because I, I I had seen a little bit of that when I was in spring training. But you just but assumed not, it was one of those I thought he was messing around. Like, what yeah. are you doing there? Because, you know, yeah. there's a group of you. He don't want to go on one side of the field, so he's going to stay with his buddies to have a conversation. And then I see him and Matt Chapman. Chapman's taking the throw from at second base, and he's at second base doing the pivot throw. <laughs> so it's – yeah, again, I, I I think to to the caller's point, it, it's a little bit more confusing for the watch, the person watching these things, because there's a lot of movement going on. There's a lot of people playing out of position, but they're so used to it, and they so they, they've game plans for it so much. The conversations, you know, the analytics will tell these guys are putting them in the exact right spot, and most of the time it works. And you know, until the, until the league tells them to stop. Yeah, you're going to continue to see it. We also saw tonight, of course, the, something we talked about: the use of the pitch comm system, the communication between. The, I was confused. Got to be honest with you a little bit. Well, I, I was too because guys, some guys were using it. The, the Rangers all used it. Some guys weren't. We know that. Uh, and John Schneider told us that the Jays had watched the Yankees game and they'd noticed that Kyle Higashioka of the Yankees, instead of wearing the little device in his wrist, he'd put it in the inside of his, uh, the inside of his knee or. Uh, Near the near there, well, Danny, near the Jan- knee Danny pad. Jansen Danny wearing, had the same thing. Well, he's wearing it on his right knee because whenever he goes to a knee, it's always yeah. his left. And you don't want to push in that because it'd be. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Exactly, it's it's, right? it's a lot. To, it's a that. lot of things to get used to. It's, it was very confusing to even notice if, if, if he was using it or not. Like, well, the thing that the the thing that the, the trade off and and uh, Sportsnet the TV crew that did, did a real good job of having the shots. Guys were going out there and putting the thing in their helmet, or I'm sorry, in their cap, the receiver in their cap. Yeah. At uh, you know, uh, Adam Simber was trying to put it in. Um, I can't remember who it was. There was a guy with the Texas Rangers having a, having an awful time trying to get it in. Yeah, I saw Simber do it, and and I think it was Simber. Yeah, and then they, they, and then he, and then he went to fingers. He didn't even use it. Uh, I think Buck and Dan talked about it. it's possible that because of the noise that uh, that was an issue. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be kinks in this system. They're going to be things that have to get that have to get worked out. But uh, hey, it's here to stay, and I. Don't know. I, I don't know if I like the idea of giving teams the option. I think you either got to say we're all going to do this, or we're all of our relievers are yeah. going to do it. But you can't. I don't think you can kind of half-ass it. A, a lot of these guys are creatures of habit. To ask them to, to totally do something different. Yeah, it messes up routines. Some guys just can't, aren't yeah. capable of doing that. We know that Jose <laughs> can't do that. We know that Jose Barrios wasn't using it tonight, and um, we know that the <laughs> that the Rangers the Rangers guys were. Eric in Montreal, you want to? I'm going to go to Eric because he's going to give a shout out to Charlie Montoyo. Nice. Go ahead, hey Eric. Guys, how's it going? Good. Going thanks. well, man. So I had three stars for tonight. Um, my third star was Teo. Second Le premier toile. That's it. This yeah. is wall. I've got Tay Oscar. Or, sorry, I got Tay Oscar, then Danny. And then my first star was Charlie Montoyo. I was just so impressed with the timing of when relievers came in. I was questioning moves all night, uh, sitting behind home plate in the 200s. And I saw the moment when he took Stripling out and decided mm-hmm. to put Merriweather in. And I don't think I've seen the consistency from Merriweather with the fastball staying above 96 enough to think that was a great move. And it turned out to be an, an amazing move. Charlie Montoya with an asterisk. I'm going to say that's Charlie and Pete together. But that was an that was an amazing move. A lot of the pitching moves when he took Rios out tonight was incredible. I just thought the timing on the management side was just perfect tonight. Yeah, that's a great that's that's a tremendous call. And and 
and way to be paying attention. You got to remember too when these guys are coming in. If you remember when Merriweather came in, it was facing one, two, three in the order. Yeah, Miller, Semyon, and Seager. You pointed that out. That, that that is a big deal. You know, it's it's about stuff. You want to stuff these guys to death. That's basically what it's all about. When you when you bring guys out of the bullpen, what kind of stuffs he got? How hard's he throw? How good's the slider break? You want to give every one of these guys, especially the top of the order, a different look and. If Merriweather can throw that 97, whatever it was, 98 miles an hour, and flip that breaking ball whenever he wants to, keep running him out there until he gets hurt. Hopefully he doesn't. But pretty good tonight. Well, I thought it, I thought, I thought it was an intriguing move by Charlie Montoyo because it was, uh, it was an opportunity for Charlie to, uh, I, I think, to also send maybe, I don't know if I'm going to say send a message to Julian Merriweather. But if Julian Merriweather was wondering whether or not the Jays still had any confidence in him, they ran him out tonight against the top of the order that had been bothered, that had really given the Jays trouble going into Yankee Stadium after this 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 short homestand. Julian Merriweather was pretty good in Yankee Stadium last year. I I think it's I think it's an indication. It's an indication that Charlie Charlie's gonna Charlie wants to find out right away what some of these guys are. He knows what Simber's about. He knows what Richards is about. Yeah. He knows what he knows what uh, what Jordan Romano is. Mm. Charlie, to me, is a guy that needs to – he needs to see guys in see, person. I'm not he real sure I agree with that. I, you know, when you're talking about carrying trophies across fields, it ain't about seeing what you got. I think he knows already. It, to, further, further to the, the caller's point, after the first two guys that the, that the Blue Jays ran out there, six guys only gave up two runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost impossible to run that many arms out there. That One of them is just not going to be bad, and you shouldn't be going to them that day. And uh, yeah, it's 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 credit to Charlie, it's credit to Petey to know the player, know when to bring him in, know what matchup is going to fit with the other guy. And, again, that might be the most important part here. The, the schedule they have, the next 21 games, mm-hmm. is not easy. And for Charlie to have to go to the right guy at the right time may be the biggest point in all this. Well, and the other point to be made here, too, the first two relievers he went to, it wasn't as if Taylor Sacedo came in and, and, and held the fort. It wasn't as if... Uh, Trent Thornton came in and held the fort. To me, one of the one of the things that really stands out about this comeback is the Jays also had to overcome some some so-so relief pitching early in the game. They, it wasn't just the starter wasn't very good. Yeah, it was I, the first two guys out of the pen who weren't very good. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not going to see Taylor Sacedo in, in big time spots of games, but I'm sure you're going to see him. You know, fifth and sixth inning somewhere in there tonight. They had to bring him in because that's who they had to bring in. Like right, it was. I'm with you. Look, he don't throw the ball down the middle. Threw the ball down the middle tonight. Throw the ball down the middle at the big league level, the big league hitters. She's going to get hammered. He's got good enough stuff. He's got the funky delivery. If he can keep it out of the middle of the plate, he'd be all right. Trent Thornton. For me, that's a little bit of a head scratcher again. I, you know, they, they have. Well, we know why, he made, why we know why he made the team. He Nate made Pearson. the team because Nate Pearson has mono. Other than that, Trent Thornton is part of your Buffalo bison. Yeah, and maybe it's one of those things, too, mechanically, if you can get Trent Thornton heading in the right direction. A good finish. Stop falling off to the first base side. If you can do that, his stuff's okay. I mean, the breaking ball breaks enough. The velocity's there. It's just, for me, it's location. It's falling behind all the time. It's, you know, hitters can eliminate one of his better pitches. That's one of the guys, right, if you're a Blue Jays fan, every time he comes in the game, you may not look at the and watch. You might have to mm-hmm. mute or, I hate to say it that way, but until he consistently figures out something mechanically, well, right? he is—he's the last—he's—he's—he's he's, he's the last pitcher in this on the staff. Yeah, I mean, that—that's—it's that simple. And and I—I—I you know, I, I don't know. It's let's see what the next two days uh, bring. But I would think that uh, the Jays aren't going to waste any time it, if if they don't like what they've seen from from Trent Thornton. They'll bring somebody else up. They're not going to waste time. Absolutely, they are not wasting time. Not with all that's these games coming up. That's great to hear up. too. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, well, right? Where, yeah. where, where you want to go, you can't waste games. Yeah. Guy's not getting it done, you move on to somebody else. Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's yeah. pretty simple. Uh, we mentioned that tomorrow's game is a 307 start. It'll be Kevin Gossman making his, well, making his Blue Jays regular season de- debut. Uh, does what Jose Barrios did tonight in the first inning, does that put any added pressure? If you're Kevin Gossman, your first start you're for your new team, home crowd, probably going to be a big crowd. Does that put any added pressure? Yeah, in I, th- I think I already had pressure. Yeah, he, he's he's replacing Robbie Ray. Yeah. Con- one contract for the other. Yep. He's come here to. I'm not saying win a Cy Young, but he's replacing but he's a dude to win a Cy Young. Uh, absolutely. So I think the pressure's already there. For me, I'm gonna be looking at split finger. How good is it? Is it that good? Can it be that good consistently most of the year? That that'll be the one thing. And he ain't those hard enough. So it's. I, I think you'll have a good start. I, th- I think yeah, he's facing a very aggressive team. You know, he gets ahead and it can expand. He'll give you four and a third, five innings maybe. The Toronto Blue Jays beating the Texas Rangers 10-8 in their home opener in front of a sellout crowd of 45,022. A big four-run fifth-inning rally. Home runs from Danny Jansen, Teoscar Hernandez. Lots of good at-bats, lots of two-out hitting, lots of opposite field. Hits. I mean, if you're going to put if you're going to put ten runs on the board, and ten runs are great any time. But if you're Charlie Montoyo, you're looking at what your lineup did tonight. Uh-huh. Alejandro yeah. Kirk gives you that 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 sacrifice fly on a well hit ball to left yeah, field. If they continue to hit, with and two. they get some. De- and I just we got to say they got some defense. Yeah, now Lourdes, I think that was a he played it into a, an exciting he, play. Yeah, he did. He, he played in an exciting play. Well, Oscar had a tough play to make. And uh, and Vladdy, that uh, that catch, back to with his back to home plate, and that uh, little flare into right field, it like a young Kevin Barker doing that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. They, they, those, those guys are pretty good athletes. I, I wasn't so much. But look, if they continue to, to hit the way they hit tonight with two outs, I, they're they're at bats. Just got they were different with two outs. Like the, you, they were starting to bear down. They they were not chasing. You know, it's it's a you can tell they they've talked about that. They they have plans when they walk up, and when you have great hitters that have plans like that, I don't know how you consistently get them out. I, I really don't. You but you better get them early, and you better br- start bringing in guys that can locate and execute. Because if you don't, they're gonna drop ten like they did tonight. Uh before we run here. Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Teo, Guriel, Kirk, Chapman, Jansen, Biggio. We talked before the game about the whole Vladdy hitting third, Vladdy hitting second, uh, Bichette hitting hitting in the cleanup spot. We haven't really talked about Bo's game tonight. We just have a couple of minutes. Uh, two pretty good at-bats from Bo. Got picked off at uh, at first base, gets on base with yeah. an air by the shortstop. Do you, do you notice anything different from Bo? Yeah, not really. I, I think I think he is uh, has a little bit better idea of what he want, doesn't want to swing at. That, that that's the biggest thing is when you're a big leaguer, you're yeah, you know, he's, he's a little established. He had a really good year last year. It's not going to sneak up on anybody. Now it's about honing in on what you don't want to swing at. That for me is the most important part of all this. They're going to try and nib, get you to nibble and chase. It's like the lefty faced. Uh, oh oh, he goes up, he chases the pitch. You wonder why he chased it. Then he gets the he lets the ball travel. He stays inside the baseball. He hits that that lean you, you know, past the first baseman. Those are at bats. And I told you, that's how you hit 330. 
Now, I'm not saying Bo's going to hit 330 because he's got a lot of moving parts. But you want to hit 300-plus. You're going to have a couple, that, of, a couple you, of those hits. Line to line. That way they built it this way for a reason. Be afraid to use it. The Blue Jays, 10-8 winners over the Texas Rangers in their opener. We will do it again tomorrow, Saturday afternoon at the Rogers Center. First pitch is at 3.07. Remember, Sunday afternoon, a 1.37 first pitch. So, for Tom Young, for Andrew back in the mothership, for Kevin Barker, for Show Ali, our producer, this is Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Nailed it, Barker. I told you I was going to do it. Have a great night, everybody.